All right. Good? Yeah. Got everything. I got it all in the trunk. Positive. Positive. Even gas? Yes. Because we only got one chance to stop before we get past everything. Yes, I said we're fine. Let's go. All right. Come on. Are you sure we're good on gas? Yes, I said we're good on gas. Sure. What? Gas? Yep. You know, we probably should have. We? Yeah, we don't. Because now I'm out here sweating. Yeah, hey, we got a tow truck coming, man. I'm thirsty. Can I have a drink of your water? Just a few weeks ago, I had the privilege and the opportunity to go watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play at Raymond James Stadium in the Monday night game against the Saints. It was an awesome time, and more importantly, it wasn't about football. It was about friendship. Most of you probably remember Pastor Joseph. He was here for four years as our youth pastor, preached often, and, and recently went back to New York to become a lead pastor at the church his dad served at for 25 years. Anyway, we had an amazing time. It was my gift to him because if you know Joseph, he's a huge Michigan fan and a huge Brady fan. And so we even got to go down to the sideline before the game. We got a great picture of us right here. We had an awesome time. And in fact, the Bucks played terrible, but Brady did what he always does, came back and scored two touchdowns in the last four minutes. It was an amazing forever memory. And we got to spend a couple of days just building our friendship. I got to invest into him and, and we got to pray together and just have a great time. It was a memory that neither of us will ever forget. But then on the back end, something else happened. When I took him to the airport, I drove home. It's just a couple of hours. And as I was heading home, I noticed I wasn't going to make it home without getting gas. And so I did what most of us would do is I found gas stations nearby. And then I looked at the gauge on my car that tells me how many miles until empty. And I remember pulling it up and it said there was a gas station 25 miles away. And when I looked at my car, it said 37 miles until empty. No problem. That's 12 miles to spare. Cutting it a little close, closer than I like, to be honest. But it was the best option. And so I didn't think much of it. But about every minute or two, I would look down to make sure we were good. And then we hit inevitable traffic on 75. Of course, there was an accident. It was stop and go traffic. And I started to get really nervous. All of a sudden, 12 miles margin became 10, became 7. And with about 12 miles left, it said there's 12 miles to the gas station and you have 13 miles until empty. And I started to get really nervous. It was at that point where I turned the music off. I turned the air conditioner off. I started to breathe lightly, whatever I could do. Half of it didn't even make sense to make sure that I made it to the gas station uh, before running out of gas. I did not want to run out of gas. In fact, I was picking up dinner for my family on the way home. I needed to get home. I got really nervous at about the five mile marker because that's when it said five miles till empty, five miles till the gas station. And I'll never forget as I got off the off ramp, as, as I was getting off the off ramp, it said zero miles till empty. 
It's the only time in my life I've ever gotten that close. I've never run out of gas. And it says, I have zero miles. And I all I needed to do was get off the off-ramp. I needed to uh, get to the gas station and I would have been fine. And at this point, I'm like praying. I've turned everything off. I'm doing everything I can. I'm, I'm ignoring phone calls. Nothing else matters other than getting gas. And I'm thankful to tell you that I got off the off-ramp. It was only about a quarter of a mile. I pulled in. I didn't go in on fumes or I didn't stall out, but I literally pulled in to the gas station and on my gauge says zero miles. I went to fill up my 12 gallon tank with 12.3 gallons of gas. That's how bad it was. And uh, after I got gas, no problem. Got back in the car, fired up the air conditioner, turned back the music on, called my wife, no big deal. But it was really interesting because until I got gas, almost nothing else mattered. There was anxiety. Uh, kind of the rest of the world was blocked out. Once I got gas, it was back to normal. As I was thinking about that trip a couple of days later, I felt like God showed me that that exact story was a great metaphor for where many of us are at in our lives. And it's a great thing to look at and think about as we transition from one year to another. Not everybody's goal-oriented, not everybody does New Year's resolutions, but the turn of the year is kind of this built-in time where a lot of us start looking ahead and we set goals and we have aspirations. But before we do that, I wanna give us maybe a tool that will help us be more accurate with our goals, and that's let's think about what's happening in us and around us right now. It's interesting because Peter, the disciple of Jesus, he wrote a couple of letters to believers and he had something to say about this idea of, of paying attention to the gauges in your life, paying attention to what's going on around you. And he gave a really important reason why. First Peter chapter five, verse eight, really, really simple scripture. It says this, he, Peter says, be alert and be sober-minded. Be alert and be sober-minded. And here's why. He goes on to say, because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We see throughout scripture that, that God has good things for us. Jesus said, I came to give you life, an abundant life. He wants us to experience the fullness of joy and, and, and relationships and be fulfilled, even in things that are, are maybe more difficult. But the enemy wants to steal, wants to kill, destroy, and he's looking to devour you. But, but Peter says the only way that we're gonna guard ourselves, one of the, the main way we're gonna guard ourselves from being devoured is we're gonna have to be alert. That word alert, you know what that means. It means paying attention to what's going on around you. Somebody who's alert is fully aware of their surroundings. And then he also kind of doubles down and says uh, sober-minded. Now there's several different definitions of sober-minded, but I want to land on kind of the, the main uh, definition, the main even translation of what that really means. That sober-minded means to be fully awake. It means to be a watchful. It even means to be kind of balanced in the sense of well-rounded. But really, Peter mostly means the best translation or the best understanding of sober-minded means self-controlled. Yes, it's fully awake and it's aware and those things, but self-controlled, able to control what's going on in, inside me and around me, what's being able to manage myself. And so it's interesting because I was thinking, and, and, and I think Peter would agree that in order for us to control ourselves, something maybe first has to happen. I would ask it this way. How can I control myself if I first don't know myself? How can I be self-controlled if I'm not self-aware? I would actually say it this way. I don't think you can be self-controlled unless you're first self-aware. And so I want to spend a minute talking about that because I think in the day and age of, of goals and, and accomplishing and getting people to this and doing that, and we go so fast that rarely do we actually look inside. Are we introspective? Do we take inventory of what's going on in us, even what's going on 
around us. And so self-awareness is actually something a lot of people struggle with. It's interesting, as we get busier and even get more connected digitally, we've actually gotten less self-aware. Um, and again, if I'm self-aware, then I can be self-controlled. If I'm self-aware, then I can self manage and part of the reason most of us can't manage ourselves is because we don't really know we aren't aware or we're not even honest about what's going on inside of us and so what is self-awareness self-awareness is just simply being aware of your actions your attributes and your feelings and that's only half of it and the other half is and the impact it has on the people around you coworkers, friends, family. So it's not just how do I feel, it's not just why did I respond that way, it's not just what am I good at or not good at, but what impact does this have on my team, my spouse, my kids, my friends? And so um, I've called it kind of the secret sauce of leadership or even self-awareness is the secret sauce of life. And, and, and I found that because in my time, I, I find that most people think they're self-aware but actually aren't. And I even know that when I say that, most of you go, yeah, that's right. I'm actually self-aware, but most other people aren't. Well, there's a world-renowned um, uh, business uh, sociologist and organizational psychologist named Tasha Yurik, Tasha Yurik, and her and her team spent a long time doing an in-depth study on this idea of self-awareness. And they found, I won't bore you with the details, but they found something that I think is so um, ironic, uh, it's interesting, and I, in my dealings is probably pretty accurate. What they found, and and I want you to brace yourself for this, in the in the... Name of self-awareness, again, organizational psychologists, three decades of research and study, they found 95% of people believe they're self-aware, which means 95%, 95 out of 100 people think that they understand what they're good at, they understand what they're bad at, they understand their reactions, they're aware of their feelings, they're aware of where they come from, why they come from, and the impact they have on the people around them. 95 out of 100. But in those three decades of research, those people also told on themselves that even though 95 out of 100 believe they're self-aware, only one out of 10 actually are self-aware. That is like the biggest chasm ever. So that means 95 out of 100 people think they're self-aware, but only 10 actually are. So the great irony is, most of you watching, you assume you're self-aware, and when I just gave that stat, I'm actually talking about some, somebody else. But the truth is, 90% of you, I'm actually talking about you. In fact, there's a good chance I'm talking about myself. This has been a struggle of mine. It's something I give great attention to. And on many occasions, I feel like I'm still terrible at. Uh, and so it's really, really interesting because we can't control ourselves and we can't manage ourselves if we don't really fully understand what's going on inside of us. Um, you may not know the name Rene, Rene Descartes, uh, but you probably know the saying, I think, therefore I am which there's a lot of truth to that, you know, thinking and brainwaves, and we've talked about that, but in, this, in the name of self-awareness, just because you think you're self-aware doesn't mean you are, because 95% think we are, but less than 10% of us actually are. And so that's just my shameless plug for self-awareness, and I, I think that it's something we all could do better in. Um, but self-awareness, if, if I already have your attention, you're going, okay, give me a tool, buddy. Help me out here, Mr. Pastor Guy. Uh, it just starts with one question that you ask of yourself. Why? and you ask it obsessively, and you ask it about everything. Why did I just say that? Why did I respond like that? Why do I feel this way? Why did she just say that in, my, in that meeting, and I got amped up? 
Why do I respond this way? Why do I back down when this happens? Why do I ramp up? Why do I feel so angry all the time? Why am I so depressed? Where do these feelings of insecurity or inferiority come from? Most of us don't even stop long enough to recognize feelings of superiority or inferiority or of insecurity, let alone ask, why do I feel that way? Where did that come from? Who made me think that? Whose approval am I trying to get? Why do I wanna go forward? Why do I hold back? Why do I assume everybody's gonna reject me? Why do I have to prove myself to everybody? I think I probably got your attention with some of those questions. And that's where self-awareness begins. And then again, not just what does this have to do with me, but what impact does this have to do with the people around me? And so self-awareness is more than just introspection, but it's actually taking a deep look inside, asking some brutal questions. And honestly, most of us need help with this. That's why a good friend, a pastor, or very, very specifically a counselor, or a good counselor will really, really help with this. And so why does this even matter? Again, I think one of the reasons many of us have either gotten fatigued on setting goals at the beginning of a new year or just over it or whatever is because we've set so many goals and we failed at so many of them. But I actually think that maybe it's because before we set a bunch of goals, we didn't, we weren't very self-aware. We, we didn't really pay attention to patterns in our life. And so when we set a physical goal or financial goal or a spiritual goal, we didn't manage, we didn't control ourselves, we didn't pay attention to things, and we just did something that maybe felt or sounded good in the moment. And so Here's what I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna offer you an opportunity to give you a tool to maybe help with this. And so I wanna invite you to do something maybe a little bit different than what you've heard. For most of my adult life, there's been a lot of narrative, there's been a lot of talk about abandon, uh, about finding balance, the work-life balance, balance. And it's kind of been this, it's good, but it's kind of been this connotation of giving equal time and energy to, to everything. Well, that's, we found quickly that that's not ever gonna happen. Um, the minute you find balance, something else gets added, you're out of balance. And so balance is not actually equal time and attention to everything, but it's giving the right amount of time and attention and energy to the right things at the right time. And so my invitation to you is actually, what if we just abandon balance, but let's start to manage tension. Maybe a better way to say it would be abandon balance and pay attention to the gas gauges in our life. Now, I told you that story about me and Joseph in Tampa a few minutes ago. And the reason for that was, I believe that we're kind of like these complex cars. Now, the nice thing about a car is it has one gas gauge. But for us, I think we have five, six, seven, eight, nine of them that kind of represent the most important aspects of our life. And, and I found that in the strive for balance, I always feel guilty that I never find it. But what if it wasn't about guilt-driven trying to find balance, but just going, are there a couple gauges in my life that are running low, that if I don't pull off soon and fill up, none of the other gauges matter. And so I have something I wanna walk you through. I didn't just wanna talk to you, but I wanna give you a tool that really might make sense of this season and help you know what steps to take next. And so um, my question is not, are you balanced? But here's my question. Is there tension in your life? Is there a tension in an area of your life that needs or desires or requires your attention? Is there a tension that needs my attention? And so we created uh, something, this is a hybrid of different things I've collected from different leaders over the years. Uh, a friend shared this with me. Um, and so what I did is we put this together on a document. You can actually download that document. So maybe you hit pause right now, go on the app, download this, the PDF, or just grab a piece of paper, but we've created this and it literally just says gauge yourself. And it's eight circles, they're in an order, and they literally are like gas gauges. You can see over here, we have empty. 
Over here we have full, it's kind of on a scale of one to 10, but there's eight different attributes of your life and I just wanna walk you through this quickly and then give you some time and just plead and beg you to do this because I, I really believe if you will do this, it's gonna help you to know what's coming next in your life, what God would do. It's also gonna help you be alert and sober-minded so that you can experience the, the, the strengthening fulfillment that God has for you. And so. Basically, there's, there's really there's seven gauges with kind of a bonus eighth, and we'll talk about that in a second. So it's kind of a clock with one in the middle. So real quickly, if, if you have it, uh, here's a, an example of it, but you can also download it or go make one. Literally just make one on a piece of paper. But the, the, the eight gauges are, and these are the kind of the eight gauges in your life, the eight aspects of your life. Is the first one is family. That's at maybe like the 12 o'clock. And then kind of moving clockwise, we move from family to financial. Um, the third one is kind of this, this bonus one that's other. Maybe you want to separate family from marriage. Uh, maybe you have a, a retirement or maybe you want to separate uh, maybe mental from emotional. Those are together. But other is kind of this bonus one. Or if you're like, man, seven's plenty, seven's good. The next one is vocational down at the bottom. That's your job. Uh, the next tank is physical, your health. Diet, nutrition, fitness, sleep, all of those things. Um, the next one is mental. Uh, and again, kind of going off of the psychology world, those mental and emotional would go together. But if you want to separate them, maybe you make emotional other, but they kind of go one and the same. Um, then uh, kind of at your 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock is social. That's deep, meaningful friendships. Not just am I around people, not do I have friends on Instagram, but when, when things go well, do I have people that can celebrate with me? When things go bad, do I have people I can talk to? Or, or when I need somebody, do I have friends that I feel connected to? And then, of course, it's all centered around the middle gauge, which is spiritual. That's your relationship with Jesus, your personal relationship with Jesus. And so here's how this works. I, want, I would love for you to take 5, 10, even 15 minutes at the end of this before you go to the next thing, the next job, go back to work, go back to school, the next holiday party, go to your next thing today. Please do this, because this could be really profoundly helpful for, for many of us. Take a minute and gauge yourself. It's called gauge yourself. Where am I at in this area? The goal is not to be on F for all of them. The goal is just to, to be honest about where am I at. So we'll take two or three of these just practically. This is how this would look. Let's take family, for example, that top one. Let's say family's in the green. You're like, man, we get a lot of time. We have game night. We have food night. Um, I feel like that's like a six or seven, maybe an eight. So we put it there. That's You gauge it. That's awesome. You're, that tank is full. When your tanks are full, you don't pay attention to them. Then maybe we go to the next one. Say Let's, let's say it's financial. Mm, you know, We had the hurricane. We've had job transition. Whatever the case may be, it's not red but it's not green, let's give it a four or five or a six. And so wherever that's at, long-term goals, do we have savings, are we in debt, are we spending, overspending, where are we at? Financial, where's that at? And then maybe a third one would be, let's do the spiritual. Uh, maybe we maybe we put that one in the red. You know, the hurricane hit or we, had a, we just moved down here or up there and kind of our life is all over. We don't really go to church anymore. We're not in a small group. I'm, I'm barely praying or reading the Bible. Let's give ourselves a two or a three. So you should probably get different gauges. And again, you're gonna do that for all seven or all eight if you come up with something for other. Uh, and so here's the goal. The goal is not that they're all full all the time. That's not even realistic, it's not possible. If that's what you did, you have failed this, you are not self-aware, you're in the, the, the 5%, you're not in the 10%. Um, the goal is here, is there one or two or maybe three that are in the red? Is there one or two or three of these that kind of like we just showed on the spiritual, it's a one, it's a two, it's a three. And that's what we're paying attention to. If there's ones that are halfway, let's pay attention to those, but they don't necessarily need a lot of extra effort other than what you're already doing in that direction. If there's some that are full, that's awesome. And typically most of us are gonna have a couple that more tend and trend towards full regularly-ish green and a couple that more trend towards the red zone. The goal here is to abandon balance and pay attention to our empty gauges. 
Because I told you as I got close to running out of gas, nothing else really mattered. I didn't really care about the, the air conditioner, the music. I was ignoring phone calls. I can promise you if you have a gauge or two that are getting red line zero one, all the other gauges don't matter. Whether it's finance, whether it's family, whether it's something else, if that gauge gets low, you have to give it attention or you're going to break down and all the other ones are going to get to zero as well quickly. And so here's the goal with this is to identify these. If you want to be really bold, really courageous, really self-aware, and you have somebody really close to you, like a spouse, a significant other, a best friend, a coworker, I would actually encourage you after you gauge yourself on all, all eight of these, then show it to them and go, here's what I gave myself, especially if you're marriage. Married or in a relationship, I think going, hey, here, here's what I gave us as a family. Here's what I gave us financially. Uh, what would you say? Um, or a job. Here's how I think I'm doing, but what does your coworker say? And then you're going to ask two questions. Two questions. Number one, is there one that's running low? What's running low? Hopefully one or two, maybe three, and that we have identified. Now, the goal is not just to identify it. That's a big victory in the name of self-awareness. But if all we do is identify it, but we don't do anything about it, it doesn't matter. I could have identified the fact that I was going to run out of gas, but if I didn't get at, get out and get gas soon, it wouldn't have mattered. Congratulations, you're self-aware and you're broken down because you didn't do anything about it. So don't just be self-aware. The first question is, what's running low? But the second question is, what are you going to do about it? What are one or two things? What's one practical thing I can do in the next month in that area that's red to trend? If it's spiritual, what maybe it's attending church regularly, joining a small group. If it's financial, meeting with somebody, reorganizing your goal, redoing your budget. If it's vocational, it's, it's coming up with something that you can do to kind of move the needle at work. Whatever it is, what's low and what am I gonna do about it? And I believe that if you will do this, this is gonna help you to walk, as Peter said, to be alert and sober-minded. So when the devil comes prancing around your territory, your neighborhood, he's gonna go, ah, they're alert, they're well-balanced, they're well-rounded, they're pretty aware, they're filling their tanks, I'm gonna move on to the next person. Instead of be devoured, you can experience what, jo what, what Jesus said in John 10, I came to give you life so that you can experience to the fullest measure. That's our heart. Now, Peter, in 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be alert, be sober-minded, because the devil wants to devour you. Two verses later, he also says this, and this is kind of what I want to leave you with. He says, and when you do this, when you're alert, when you're aware, when you're sober-minded, when you have the courage to be self-aware, then the God of all grace, verse 10, who called you to his eternal glory after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Gosh, that's my heart for you. I want you to be restored. I want you to feel strong. I want you to be firm. I want you to be steadfast. And when you are those things, when God, when he pours into you, when his grace is on you, when you pay attention to these things, you will be strong, firm, steadfast. And when you are, guess what? You're alert, you're aware, you're sober-minded. So may the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory, after you have done the work of gauging yourself, would he himself restore you? May he restore you, make you strong, make you firm, make you steadfast. I'd be remiss if I didn't say that perhaps you're watching this and you've never even invited Jesus into your life at all. The best, maybe your spiritual gauge is below empty. You're like, I'm not even on the radar. It's as simple as inviting Jesus in and saying, I want you to be the center. If you notice, we put the spiritual gauge right in the middle. It's as simple as you inviting him in and saying, I want you to be the center Will you come in and you gauge the rest of my gauges? 
And as I pray for us, you can invite him in and we are going to uh, welcome you into the family of God and we're gonna walk with you um, through this amazing journey. In fact, we have a great series coming up uh, next weekend all about Jesus's most impactful message ever and we wanna walk you through that journey. Let me pray for you and bid you Happy New Year. God, I thank you for every person watching on this screen. I thank you for um, the fact that I believe you build in this time every year for us to stop, for us to pause, to become aware, become self-aware, be alert, be awake. Help us to be honest with ourselves. I pray that we would cut out the time to do this and that we would, um, through you, find the ways, the appropriate ways to fill our tank so that we can be alert and sober-minded, so that we can move into this year, no matter what it has for us, knowing that you are with us. And God, throughout the year, may we just pay attention to what's going on in our life. May we pay attention to our dashboard where we need to be filled up. Thank you for um, every single person that's ever gonna watch this message. And I pray that they would find their restoration, their strength and their, their steadfastness in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Happy New Year. And I can't wait to see you in person next weekend here at Cape Christian.